It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closer All the stars are closer Tell me what you gonna do to me Confrontation ain't nothing new to me You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue But you can't bring the truth to me Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. about Five Nights in a Haunted Cabin um, because it's an anniversary. Five years ago, Alistair and I were planning on our very first in-person meeting, and it was it was in an allegedly haunted cabin in California's Gold Country. I'd been invited to check it out for the owners who hoped to debunk the story so he could sell the place, and that seemed like the perfect opportunity for a pair of horror writers to get together, and it was. We made it though, as Picard says. So in honor of that anniversary and Halloween, <laughs> Jay's giggling, and Halloween, <laughs> our short nonfiction book, Five Nights in the Haunted Cabin, is on sale for 99 cents today through October 24th. As Alfred E. Newman would say, cheap. Uh, in its pages, you'll learn what happened during those creepy days and Boy, they were scary nights. And how we finally, we really did this. We finally fled the cabin one morning before dawn. We had something and ourselves that scared ourselves silly. Um, and and one of the things that it, it is, and one of the things that got us thinking about it was watching Netflix's uh, series, The Haunting. And when you get to episode eight, there's something in that having to do with knocking on walls that happened to us and that was pretty much what drove us out of the cabin as I recall and it's it, we just about had fits when we saw that right Alistair yeah it was it was good though looking back on it it was fun but yeah I was ready to go we it were was. yeah five days that was that was yeah. long enough yeah definitely <laughs> yeah yeah the guy was still it, has was the it cabin tree knock? Been... It, was it what was What's it that? tree did it, did it knock no, three times was... no no, it, was, well, it wasn't that song. It was. No, it's not the song. It's supposedly that's 
I know, I know. <laughs> what, what is it? But, well, supposedly that's demonic if it knocks three times oh. because it's a, it's it's a, it, it's a, it's kind of a, you know, a tease. It's kind, it's kind of a, um, oh, really? you know, a, de- a making fun of the Trinity. It's knocking three times. And oh, oh, I didn't know that. You know, we no, yeah, and yeah. we didn't notice. Now we've got to check well, out great. episode eight of the sh- the Netflix show again and see. I didn't notice it. it now I have all over the place. About you know we're going. <laughs> yeah, we're going. Squirrels not on the window and there's no trees near it. Now it was wow. it knocked all over the place. It was. That's it scary. was quite something. It was still can't find a rational explanation for it. There was nobody out there. Right. <laughs> but, right. Right. But it was fun. And this is cool. why we've was, already wet ourselves in front of each other, so we became fast friends very quickly. That's <laughs> true. Now we can write books yeah. together. All right. Seriously? Wait, wait, wait. Seriously? Before we, went, before we left that morning, we both had to pee. So we wouldn't, neither of us would go back inside. So he went to one side of the cabin, and I went to the bushes on the other side. <laughs> then we slipped into the car and left. <laughs> okay. That's yeah, hilarious. that's true. It was, All right. it was fun okay. and creepy. Before, before we okay. get going, I just got to uh, really quickly again, yeah. uh, you're listening to Thorne and Cross, Haunted Nights Live, where your host, Alistair Cross and Tamara Thorne. You can learn more about what we do at our websites, alistaircross.com and tamarthorne.com. You can visit our mutual blog at thorneandcross.wordpress.com, or if you tweet, our handles are at Cross, Alistair, and at Tamara Thorne. You can also visit us on Facebook and give our Haunted Nights Live page a like and a visit. Uh, for more information on the show, you can visit Authors on the Air on Facebook, Twitter, and at authorsontheair.com. This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, LLC. And we are here tonight with a man who you've heard from already, Jay Bonansinga, who uh, we love having this guy back. We love having you, Jay. We do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I love a lot of fun. I love being had by you. <laughs> you love being had by us. <laughs> yes. We have uh, we do you we meet right. a lot of people. We meet a lot of people and, and, and I love them all, but uh there are those that just stand out and they're just kinda of special. And Jay's one mm-hmm. of those guys. He's uh he's a great writer. Aww. Um I've been a fan of his since mm-hmm. the nineties, I think, yeah. And wow. um, he's a friend. He's, huh. I, he's my. He's our friend, and we. Uh, uh, yes. Let me tell you a little bit about his accomplishments, and then um, we're going to talk to him about what he's doing and what's going on, and of course, The Walking Dead and things like that. Uh, Jay Bonansinga, uh, his work has been translated into eleven different languages, and his 2004 nonfiction debut, The Sinking of the Eastland, was a Chicago Reader Critics' Choice book, as well as the recipient of a Superior Achievement Award from the Illinois State Historical Society. His debut novel, The Black Mariah, was a finalist for the Bram Stoker Award, and his numerous short tells and articles have been published in such magazines as The Writer, Amazing Stories, Gru, Flesh and Blood, Outre, and Cemetery Dance, as well as a number of anthologies. Jay also proudly wears the hat of indie filmmaker. His music videos have been seen on the Nashville Network and public television, and his short film, City of Men, was awarded the prestigious silver plaque at the Chicago International Film Festival. 
In 2008, his feature film debut, Stash, based on the short story of the same title, collected in Candy in the Dumpster, won the Gold Remy at the Houston International Film Festival and Best Comedy at the Iowa City and Queens International Film Festivals. And, of course, he is also the New York Times bestselling author of the Walking Dead series. Uh, so, yeah, welcome, Jay. <laughs> wow, thank you, Alistair, for the intro. We're out of time. Uh, good night, yeah, everybody. I know, right? <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's your fault for having achieved so much. If you weren't such yeah. a my, my mother, My time. mother writes my bio so she gets carried away. This is just where you get your talent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So uh, we were talking a little bit before the show. Um, you have some good news that you can share. So uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on. Well, uh, I, I I know you know we 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 have uh, you know limited time, so I try to do this succinctly, which would be a first for me to do anything succinctly. But um, <laughs> I am working right now on one of the most interesting projects I've ever worked on, and that includes The Walking Dead, although The Walking Dead is certainly, you know, the greatest gig I ever had. It was a gift from the gods of horror, and I'll never, I'll never uh, forget the gift that Robert Kirkman gave me when he, when he had me do eight books. I mean, it was, it was like a little mini career um, but then, because of that, this is just one of the you know the things that happens when you're involved in a juggernaut like that. You know, a lot of people know about your work then. So these two guys, I'm, I'm kind of telling it sort of backwards, but I thought maybe this might be the best way to tell it. These two guys in L.A., very talented people, um, former actors, producer. They're both producers. They're both. They're, one is a screenwriter. The other one uh, runs a huge. Um, company that uh, represents directors and, and writers and people like Vince Gilligan, uh, you know, did Breaking Bad and everything. And um, these two guys, Jeff and Sasha, spent years of their lives, literally, and millions of dollars, literally, to buy the rights to <laughs> drum, drum roll, Rin Tin Tin. Okay. Oh. The iconic dog who is 100 years old this year the, he was discovered in in the world war ii battlefields and i'm not reading this either this is just all the off the top of my head but you know <laughs> this guy named lee duncan was uh in world war ii and he discovered this little puppy and he brought it back and this puppy grew into this like amazing animal who could like jump 40 feet and you know and it was and, wow. and he would he could act you know he he like uh-huh. in uh, the late 1930s, they started, they, they uh, instituted this new thing, newfangled thing called the Academy Awards. The first year they had the Academy Awards, they voted on Best Actor, and Rin Tin Tin got the most votes. You know, nice. This dog is, wow. is an amazing American <laughs> icon. So nice. Um, I am, right now, I'm working on a reboot that's gritty, and, and it's as terrifying, in my opinion, as The Walking Dead. It's, it's dark, it's terrifying, Ooh. it's gritty, and it's, it's the uh, first book in a three-book series that we're almost, we're almost, we almost have a, a, a deal. We're negotiating the deal right now, um, and we've got several offers, but uh, it's called, the name of the book 
is called Rin Tin Tin and the War of the Worlds. And, oh, and it's, wow. it's nice. Victorian England. And it's it's mm-hmm. it's a mashup of Rin Tin Tin and H. G. Wells original novel, which uh. I always thought is terrifying. You know, it's a it's a terrifying book. Yeah. Um, it is. And nice. you know, I've been nice. I've been studying all the iterations of it and all the all the iterations of Rin Tin Tin and I'm just immersed in this, and I'm I'm immersed in Victorian England. I'm I'm halfway through the first book, and I'm, oh. you know, I think in Cockney. Oh. I literally think in Cockney. You think in Cockney? You know, I wake up in the morning and go, I wonder what I should have. Shall I have some porridge, or perhaps maybe a cup of tea, a little light breakfast, a blood sausage? I mean, I, you get, you know, my my kids, my kids walk past my the tour of my office and they're like, Dad, you do know you're talking to yourself. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I have to on this book. I have to. It's nice. because it, I you know, when you're writing about England in eighteen ninety six, as you guys know better than anybody, you you have to think like you're there in eighteen ninety six. So, you know, uh I'm you know, I'm 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 constantly writing and repeating what I'm writing as I'm writing it. Just make sure it has that lovely kind of rhythm, you know, that that right. Whitechapel in 1896. You know, it's just yeah, it's really a, it's really a fascinating project, and I'm I'm just digging every minute of it. Well, and what a fascinating yeah, time period, too. I mean, how lucky to be able to, yeah. you know, to, to take that on. I mean, you do realize, though, you you very likely, because, you know, The Walking Dead, to be a part of something so massively successful, which is cool as hell, you will probably mm-hmm. never, never not have serious work to do. <laughs> you will always have offers like <laughs> these, and I think... Oh, my God. I I right. hope you're right. <laughs> That's really sweet of you to say it. I hope you're right. I've I've often thought that about um, you know like Francis Coppola. You know he'll always be the person, no matter what he does. He, he could be he could be working uh, uh, you know a rummage sale selling you know you know uh, used uh, uh, you know paint guns, and he he would still be the guy who made you know the right. Godfather. He he you know right right. He just I've always thought that. And yeah. uh, you, you, you know, I hope you're right. <laughs> I hope you're right. Oh, love I know it. I am. You'll you'll always be the Walking Dead guy to me. <laughs> Alice is always right. <laughs> I'm always right. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we recorded. I say that or he's bitchy. No. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. That I is think cool. that's that great. Cool. Congratulations! Yeah, I, Lots of good I things we can't talk about yet, too. So. You're doing well. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm working on a VR game uh, that I'm super excited about called The Cleaner. Um, I'm, I've got this other big book series that, uh, you know, I'm hoping to close. This, this is really a long negotiation, and I can't talk about it yet. But that one, you know, I swear to you, once I close that and I'm doing that one, I will uh, contact you immediately because you guys would be so into that one, you know. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. I promise. You know, you're you're my Definitely. you know, you're my inner circle. I I'll tell you the minute Aww. I get it. Yes, we love that. I think that's, no, yeah, that and, would, and we we're, do. We're, we're crossing our fingers. Yeah, I have, I have faith. Damn it. 
You want, you want to hear a little bit of Rin Tin Tin? Yeah. Of you want to hear just a couple pages? Sure. I'll, I'll read, I'll read, you, I'll read you the first two pages. All okay. right. two pages. Just to give you a feel for the tone. Okay. <clears throat> this is, um, okay, here we go. Prologue. Inexplicable remains. Mystery has its own mysteries, and there are gods above gods. Sean Cocteau. Word spread among the hospital's teaching staff that morning regarding the impromptu autopsy in the main operating theater scheduled for 10 a.m. By a quarter to 10, the corridor outside the theater buzzed with activity. Senior staff in their ashy frock coats, cravats, and top hats poured into the theater and filled the raked and tiered benches that rose two stories high around the worn, blood-stained floorboards of the operating space. Boot heels squeaked and Anxious murmurs filled the auditorium as medical professors jockeyed for better sight lines in the balconies. The air had a musky, oily scent from years of surgeries. A sign hung high on the forewall, proclaiming in worn block letters, Miserationi non Mercedi, which translates loosely as, Pity is no reward, a sentiment shared by the majority of the faculty at London's St. Bartholomew's Teaching Hospital. In these autumnal years of Victoria's rule, the typical surgeon believed he was on a mission ordained by God and Queen to both alleviate suffering and elevate the role of surgeon from butcher to healer, all of which is why a dramatic hush fell over the gallery that morning when the imperious head of the surgical department entered the room promptly at one minute to ten. Sir Wilford Abernathy was a tall, trim, graying man in a silk waistcoat, the color of oxblood. His balding pate shone in the dim candlelight of the rafters as he strode over to the coat rack and put on his gore-spattered apron. His slender fingers were those of a concert pianist. His team followed him around the room, silently going about their preparatory matters as the audience settled. A nurse ignited the gas lamps over the operating space in the center of the floor. Another elderly professor, Sir Roderick Burroughs, replaced his coat with his own blood-sodden apron. A ruddy, porcine gentleman with the lavish belly of an aristocrat, Burroughs considered the profusion of bodily fluids on his apron as a point of pride. It spoke to his hard-won knowledge through hands-on experience. At length, an orderly appeared in the doorway, wheeling a wooden gurney into the room. On the gurney lay an adult-sized body completely shrouded by a white sheet. By now, the spectators had fallen silent, transfixed by the ritual unfolding before them. The only audible sounds in the room now were the squeak of the gurney's castings, the sputtering of the gas lamps, and the soft tones of Sir Abernathy's voice as he narrated the proceedings. We begin this morning with a single caveat for all those present. He intoned in his cultured stentorian accent, making purposeful eye contact with the audience. The procedure we are about to conduct must be held in the strictest confidence. Until we know the cause of death in the case of this poor soul in our midst today, not a word is of what is about to transpire shall be uttered outside the walls of this theater. The ensuing silence 
as the nurse pushed a wooden cart laden with instruments next to Sir Abernathy was akin to the stillness of a church service. Oh, and so now you're just done. Love it. (laughs) I can't wait to read the whole thing. I know, right? Seriously. And and atmosphere. So you know, when we have when we have our audio books done, we want you to read them. (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Very good. So wow. Really are yeah, in a, that I mean, uh, mode. That's really uh, um, how do you? What do you do to prepare? To do you do you submerge yourself, say in 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 uh, books and information from that time? How does how do you get that voice? That's a really oh my god, distinct, Alistair, That is exactly yeah. what I do. I I I, Good. I I literally you know there's a there's a beautiful library. Um, about five minutes from where I live in Evanston, Illinois, at the, on the Northwestern campus. And it's the, you know, the graduate stacks in that library have the most, you know, uh, fascinating tomes and stuff you can't find anywhere else, you know, historical tomes, um, photographic, uh, you know, uh, collections. And I literally do that. I go and I check out a bunch of stuff. I bring it back to my office. I start pinning stuff on bulletin boards. And I literally start trying to think like a person from 1896. Like I, I just, you know, I, I'll, I'll just, mm-hmm. you know, and thank God for the for for Google and the internet because I, I literally have I know, to right? sort of, I do I do, uh, you know, vetting out of each sentence while I'm writing them. You know, I'll say, I'll have you know I'll have the there's you know the main character is this young orphan, 18 year old orphan Nigel Hardy. And he'll say, you know, finders keepers, I say. And then I'm like, wait a minute, did they have finders keepers back then? Was that a right. phrase? And so then I'll look it up and, you know, it's constant, you know. But after a while, while I'm writing it, no matter what it is, whether it's narration or it's, you know, uh, uh, description or, or it's dialogue, you know, I'll write a paragraph, then I'll read it back in that voice. I'll read it back and, you know, I listen to um, – I listened to Orson Welles' um, 1938 uh, radio show based on the mm-hmm. H.G. Wells book. I listened to it three times right. in a row. It's only like 57 minutes long. So, so one afternoon oh. I listened to it three times in a row. And I started getting Orson Welles' rhythm. And that, that has nothing to do with history or anything. It just, it, it's a, it's, yeah. a, it's a, a point of view. It's a state of mind. You know, when right. Orson Welles speaks, you know, it, you listen. It's it's just, it's it's the spoken word by Orson Welles. And it's not British, and it's not American. It's a, you know, he's from Illinois. You know, it's just oh, really? this aristocratic it's theater Orson English. Welles voice. Yeah. Theater yeah. English, that's yeah. it exactly. Yeah. It's theater. Yeah. 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 Oh, nice. And I, I had to sell them. This because the, the Jeff and Sasha are really brilliant guys. They 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 figured this would be an amazing series of books for a new generation of like young adult readers, like maybe even like tweens. You know, they would it would be you know uh, uh, you know Rin Tin Tin and Dracula, uh, you know Rin right. Tin Tin and <laughs> the Time Machine. You know, and, wow. Um, and they they had you know mock-ups of covers and everything. And they were really cool, but they were too sweet, 
too young. And I'm, I'm yeah. like, you guys, yeah. let me pitch you something. Why don't we do this like Tim Burton did with Batman? You know, at the time, right, Batman right. was kind of, you know, Adam West. It was just kind of a joke, you know, with Cesar Romero, you know. <laughs> and Tim Burton right. said, let's go dark. Let's, let's make this gritty uh. and, and scary, you know, and, and they bought it. I mean, you know, they, they loved it. And so anyway, that's how I ended up here. Well, and, and, and your <laughs> oh. writing style, you're, you're, you're a very similar writer to, to us, I think in the way that, uh, cause I've read plenty of your books going back many, many years. And while some of them are not necessarily what maybe would be classified as horror, you have that voice. And it's a it, there's it's a uh, got a certain darkness, right? And I think and, and I, and I yeah. think it's part of your I think it's part of your voice. I don't I don't know that you could ever really yeah. get rid of that entirely. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. I think I mean a voice. It's no it's no accident that people say you know to students and they say to young you know up and coming writers you know find your voice, find your voice. And you know, usually they're 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 speaking sort of metaphorically or euphemistically, but the voice, the literal voice, your voice is really, you know, a, an inextricable you know component of the way you think. The way you talk yeah. is the way you think. You know, and I I I have always said you know the best motivation to be a writer is to tell yourself a story. You know, if, right, if yeah. you are scared by it, then other people will be. Other people will love it if you love it. You know, it doesn't right, technique right. doesn't matter. You know, it's not a science. But if if you if you have the strength of your commitment, and you are scaring yourself or entertaining yourself, others are going to be entertained. Right. Yes. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. But yeah, I and and I agree. I think it was Stephen King who said. Um, the what what readers really uh, are looking for and what they really identify with in an, in, in an author is the voice, and I I, I think yeah, I could yeah. be misquoting. I think it was he who said it. I think, but either way, I I totally uh, believe that. I think that uh, yeah. you know um, that was what drew me to you know both of you guys actually Tamara and Jay. You both I discovered you both yeah Tamara you, know, you do you, around I the same agree. time like yeah you you both of yeah. you guys have distinct voices. I, I, I think that's very true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What we're, it's, it's, we're, do you, do you either, each of you, this is a question for each of you, do you listen to music yeah. when you write? Because your writing, both of your writing, sounds almost musical to me. Do you listen to oh, music? Oh, thank you. No, we listen yeah, to each other. We write on Skype. We're, we have a virtual yeah. office. Uh-huh. We just, so, you, so you don't, yeah. Yeah, don't play like back music. No, no if we, and even if when I'm alone, I don't. Yeah. No. If I Music did, I would have interferes to. Too much. Yeah. If I did, I would have to do mm-hmm. instrumental. I I think if somebody were yeah. singing, the words would kind of throw me off. I'm not mm-hmm. sure, but I yeah. 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 But but, but um, it's interesting that you say that because we both have uh, uh we both have read a lot of old um really kind of lyrical English. writers, and we both. Yeah, yeah. Write, Bradbury uh, was a big a of, influence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bradbury. Yeah. I, I can see Bradbury yeah. in your work. I, I see that. Yeah. Bradbury was very lyrical too. He was very musical. Yeah, his prose was my favorite poetry, and 
But it's funny, though, yeah. I use, yeah. if I'm alone, I will put something like Tombstone or The Shining on in the background because I know it by heart, so it doesn't interfere. And it, it cuts out the noises of the real world. But music, if I can put a symphony on, but it will make me write really fast. And sometimes I do that to wake me up, myself up. But otherwise, no, the right. music interferes. I get conductivitis and, yeah, no words. Words can get written <laughs> right into the story. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I have to. Exactly. I have to make like a score for every book, every manuscript I'm working on. I make a score that's about an hour and a half to two hours long, and it has oh, wow. mostly. It it, it 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 it's mostly instrumental. It's probably all instrumental usually, um, but it's it's stuff from, you know, ambient music. It's stuff like Philip Glass. Mm-hmm. It's it's oh, and, yeah. it, and it differs from book to book because you know, like for this. For this Victorian book, you know, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm listening to stuff that's, that's, you know, more sedate and, you know, string-driven and, and, you know, like like I'm listening to a lot of Philip Glass right now because it's that repetitive, oh, yeah. you know. And there's, 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 a, there's an amazing movie called The Illusionist that Philip Glass oh, yes. scored. And, it, uh-huh. yeah, it's really beautiful yeah. and haunting. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's I interesting. I want, I've always wanted to ask you guys that because like, you can sometimes hear that in the prose of people if you hear music. Oh, wow. It's that's interesting. about the yeah, biggest I, compliment I've ever been yeah, paid. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah <laughs> nice. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. But, uh, yeah, uh, before, yeah. We, before we uh, run out of time, we, of course, have to talk a little bit about The Walking Dead. People will be very upset if we don't. Um, I am uh, always a season behind because I only have Netflix, so I am on whatever season just came out in October, just a few weeks ago. Which I don't even know what season we're on, but so I don't know what what spoilers there may or may not be. And I, I I don't know. So so what what is going on with The Walking Dead, Jay? <laughs> well, um, you know that that's a loaded question <laughs> because. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's you know what that's like asking it's like asking what's going on with the United States right now. <laughs> oh jeez, I don't even want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, I mean that with love in my heart, of course. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. you know they have a you, you know you probably Alistair, you're probably on the last year's season. Yes, this past yes. year's season. Yeah. You, this past year's season um, was the last season for the showrunner that was working that had been working on it. Scott Gimple had been working on it for I don't know how many seasons, you know, maybe five years or more, and uh-huh. and he really sort of owned the show. He it was his vision and everything, and he kind of reached the end of his tenure. So this year is a brand new showrunner. So everything is in flux and changing. But there are main. I won't spoil, give you any spoilers, um, but the, but people who saw last. The, the pre, this past season know that major characters are dying, they're leaving, you know, everything is in, mm-hmm. you know, total flux and change and everything. But I yeah. will say this, Robert Kirkman's genius, in my opinion, is to always keep the pot boiling. His comic book right. is like in the 185th issue or something like that. It's it's a venerable comic book that's been around since like 2003, and it never gets boring. It, when you know just no, when I, I thought the Negan, 
I thought Negan was, you know, when I was reading the comic, I'm not talking about the TV show. Uh-huh. When, I, when I was reading the comic, I thought, oh, you know, I'm kind of done with Negan. This, is, this has been, you know, how many issues? Just when I thought it was going to start getting a little boring, I turned the page, and there's a big splash page in the comic book with zombies whispering. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like, yeah, huh? And and it's that's Kirkman's genius. He always knows when to throw a complete curveball. And well, you know, I think that's so, I I I that's the show will go on too. for more many more seasons because of that. Yeah, I think yeah. so because it's I agree. I've seen I've seen um I, I felt exactly the same way. I'm like, okay, I'm getting a little tired of this thread and then boom. They are so on top of it. I, I've never seen anything yeah. like it. I can only I can only guess that they must really have a good instinct. And I also think the actors have uh, a lot to do with this. I think that the actors bring yeah. those parts to life in such a way it's really yeah. unique. I I can actually see this show going on for a long time. Like I mean, yeah, yeah. Like a soap opera, really, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, George Romero, rest in peace. He he said it was like the most elaborate, expensive soap opera he's ever seen. You know, and right, you know right. he uh-huh. and and. You know, Robert Kirkman was very, uh, and I worked with Romero, and he's one of my he, he was one of my heroes. It was a huge passing in my life, you know. And uh, um, he he was uh, an amazing person, and Robert kind of remind reminded me of him. There was a lot about Robert that reminded me of Romero, but they really didn't. Romero really didn't connect with The Walking Dead, and and Kirkman was oh. always very gracious with his praise of George Romero, you know, he said, we wouldn't be yeah. here if it wasn't for Romero, which is true. Uh-huh. And Kirkman, right. you know, is smart enough to, to admit that. But George didn't really dig the show because he thought it was like an elaborate, you know, it was like, you know, Falcon Crest goes to hell. Right. <laughs> that actually sounds kind of good. I think I would watch That's that. That's kind of good, it does, yeah. actually. <laughs> Definitely like Falcon that. Falcon Crest goes to hell. <laughs> I'd watch it. that. It sounds like our childhood. Um, yeah. <laughs> seriously, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, we're just about out of time, but um, before we let you go, could you tell our listeners where they can find out more about you, uh, where they can follow you and uh, get your stuff and whatever it is you'd like to tell the listeners? Yeah, please. Uh, thank you. Thank you for asking. Yeah, I mean, my, my website, jbonnensinger.com, has got a bunch of new spaces and links and stuff. And I have a whole new digital um, library coming out uh, this year and next year. And there are new pages. So so the best place to go is, is jbonnensinger.com. Um, that in, that in, at that you know site, you'll find all the links to my, my Facebook and fan page and my my twitter page and 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 uh you know my pinterest page and you can see you can read about the the new movie that i'm making based on my book self-storage thanks to you guys you guys put self-storage over the oh. top and i'm, I'm making a oh, movie out of right. it with, um, <laughs> i love that book though I do love that book. But you're full of it. Yeah. Yep, yep. In fact, in fact, I'm going to take a moment right here and just tell everybody listening if you're going to read anything ever, read yeah. Self Storage. This is seriously, seriously Self Storage by Jay Bunn and Singer. It's very good. Okay. Great. Thank you. Yeah. It's an excellent, Thank excellent you. book. I'm not kidding. Yes, yeah. it's good. 
Thank okay, you. Okay, continue. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> Well, yeah, we're 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 just very close to making a deal on that too, and we've got a member of the Walking Dead cast who was in seasons, I think, three and four. Uh, Lou Temple, he played Axel, one of the prisoners, who was a good guy and kind of fell in love with Carol, and um, and then got blown away. You know, again, spoiler alert. Um, but he was an amazing, <laughs> amazing actor. I've become very close friends with Lou, and he's like a Zen, you know, Texas you know, hipster. He's like, he's like a McConaughey character, you know, he's just like, you know, we're going to oh. do this and it's going to be good because we're going inside <laughs> the sake and we're going to, you know, take it apart. And, uh, you know, I just love the guy. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So thank Very you. Cool. Thank you for everything. So, I yeah. love being on the show. Really you guys cute. are the best. Your, your treasures. I, I, I hope you guys go on for 17 more seasons and, you know, we get rich and Aww. famous. <laughs> we better. We better. Right. Yeah, we um, – No, we're going to have we, you uh, back real soon in the next few months. Yeah, we'll be in touch. Cool. We'll be in touch. Yeah. Cool. We will. All right. All right. Guys. We like touching you. We love you. Okay. Yes. <laughs> we're yeah. very touchy with you. We'll be in touch. We All are. right. All uh, right. Yeah. As always, thank you uh, for being on, and thank you, everybody, for listening. And mm-hmm. until next week, we wish you haunted nights. And sweet screams. Thank you for listening. Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. Imagine what we could do. Gotta go. We'll tell you the rest later. Visit ourkidsfirst.com. That's ourkids1st.com to learn more. Paid for by Our Schools Now.